Hi guys, as our good friend and podcast guest Nicholas Erbring put it, it's important to reflect when you have some time to reflect. So with this year finally drawn to a close, it's time for me and the rest of the guys from One of the Eight to reflect on our journey with One of the Eight so far. When my dad first spoke to my family about the idea for One of the Eight, I didn't initially really understand how he could play a helpful role. You have to remember that this conversation was during dinner with a dad whose understanding of the link between business and emotion is astonishing. A sister whose ability with words is wondrous. Her partner whose talent with a camera is breathtaking. And a mum whose nature I could only hope to ever come close to. So as you can imagine, I thought, hang on, what can I bring to the table? Now my family would kill me for saying that because they're my biggest and most loyal fans who tell me the world can be mine. So it wasn't to do with them. I sort of just put myself forward to be a podcast host for the One of the Eight movement, blissfully unaware of the journey it was about to create. Now, in hindsight, there were many things that I should have done differently in the beginning, as I learned more about podcasting. I didn't even make any proper notes for the first few interviews or have a mic. We were just incredibly lucky to have such insanely good-hearted human beings be willing to share some of their most precious moments with us in a way that made me feel like I knew what I was doing. But hold up for a second... I don't want you to think that I now know all there is to know about podcasting, because trust me, I have a heck of a long way to go. Our friend and guest Shireen couldn't have put this type of situation any better when she said, mastering the craft is accepting that you'll never master the craft, you're always a student. To be honest, I currently look at my initial blissful ignorance towards podcasting as a blessing, because it's made for one hell of an exciting ride. We recorded our first episode with Alejandro in January 2020, and launched the podcast three months later with about five episodes already recorded, ready to drip feed and nourish the minds of those who fell upon them. Since our first three episodes went out in March, we've spoken to 28 different guests. There are podcasts out there these days that have episode numbers in the hundreds and thousands, your Joe Rogans of this world. But the very foundation, the very purpose and sole existence of one of the eight, bringing you the real-life stories of real-world people, the things they've achieved and the things that have inspired them, is already being born just 28 episodes in. Our guests have come from literally every continent on the planet, each for different ages, different backgrounds, different ways of seeing the world, but they all share something in common, a willingness to share their story and the things that have inspired them in life in the hope that something similar can inspire you too. So I wondered how best to approach trying to effectively reflect on all that we have discussed in 28 completely diverse conversations with people from completely different walks of life. So I listened back through each episode, read through each article, and through each email exchanged in setting up those interviews. I was looking to be able to group together some sort of common factors or recurring topics throughout the conversations, and it was fabulous. I heard some of my favourite quotes again, relived some of the stories that give you goosebumps, and discovered some things that I'd missed the first time round. Eventually, I identified eight elements that are so purely relevant to each one of the eight guests. I noticed that every conversation gave rise to the following. Awe-inspiring stories, influential people, important places, powerful communities, compelling lessons, slogans to live by, big ambitions and pressing reasons. And to discuss these elements today, I'm joined by a voice you have heard once before, but also by a few other voices of people who are playing their part in the One of the Eight journey, but haven't yet jumped in front of a mic with me. So at the table today, after a big roast dinner, is my dad John, my mum Gillian, my sister Steph and her partner Abby. Now you might have seen our Get to Know articles that we published last year, giving you some insight into who we are and what we're doing with one of the eight. 
My dad, John, is captain of the creative ship. My sister, Steph, is our wordsmith. Abby is our video genius. And my mum, Gillian, well, she's our pragmatist and foundation to us all. So before we get into some of these eight elements that I identified, I want to know from each of the wonderful people around me at the table today what their favourite one of the eight moment has been so far. So, Dad, I'd like to start with you. I guess my favourite thing about one of the eight so far is watching everybody that's involved in the project grow and learn from the project. Um, it guess I guess it was it was a pretty raw setup to begin with, and it's improving as we go. And with each and every episode, I see the writing gets better, the interviewing gets better, the production value gets better. The, I guess the social content gets more consistent and stronger. And I think itself as an entity, watching it grow and watching it develop is fantastic. And if I have one other really, um, I guess, overriding sense of positivity about the project, it's the connectivity of people. Every time we interview people, they connect us with more people. And every time those people are interviewed or spoken to or become involved, they connect us with even more people. And it's amazing to see that the, the, the listeners are spread all across the world and the guests are spread all across the continents, as Jake has already said. I love that it's becoming a really, a really strong and powerful global movement. Yeah, and a great example of that was what we saw with Tim when... Tim Hughes, who we did an episode with, gave us the contact of Gavin Strange, who was the author of the book from Ben, who'd done a previous episode with us. So that, I thought that was a great example of what you're saying there, that we've been connected by guests and listeners together. Yeah, there's, a, there's an amazing domino effect where, where one thing leads to another and, it, and watching it grow in this way is absolutely amazing. It's fantastic. Thank you for that. Mum, what's been your favourite moment so far? Um, one of the podcasts that I was really keen to hear was Shirin's, mainly because I have a connection to Shirin in as much as she's married to Jeff, who was Jake's tennis coach in America. Not only was he an amazing coach with Jake, but he looked after him like a pair, surrogate parent when Jake had the misfortune of losing the top of his finger in a gym accident. So I knew a little bit about Shirin and was so keen to hear the full story and what a story it was. Yeah, Shirin's episode really did move me and I could identify with her completely. Hopefully one day there'll be a day where even though she's on one side of the planet and you're on the other, you'll both get to meet one day. Oh, that would be absolutely amazing. I would love that. Absolutely love that. Is there anything else as well? that I know we discussed a little bit before we jumped on to actually record. There was something else that you shared that was quite nice. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously coming from the mother absolute pride in my children I always know that they're amazing humans humble just wonderful wonderful people and to see them in action doing this makes me proud not just of who they are but what they can do as well also Abby who's like a, a third child to us fits in with the family and I admire her so much and there exactly is evidence of why I told you my family will kill me for saying I don't know what I could bring to the table. Uh, Abby, what's been your favourite moment so far? I'm going to be a little bit selfish and have two. Um, I think one was driving to work um, at the end of January after spending Christmas break here with with everyone here in the family and 
switching on Spotify and seeing the album cover of one of the eight on there and putting the first episode on and driving to work on my commute for an hour, listening to the first episode of Alejandro and seeing everything that we talked about, <clears throat> excuse me, everything we talked about, all your hard work um, come to life on the radio and, and it, was, it was real, it was tangible then and I just felt full of pride um, and yeah, I was, I was just so pleased that everything we talked about over Christmas had then um, was, 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 a was a reality for you guys. And then um, going on to the second one, I was on a freelance job and we had had some masks printed um, with the 188 logo on. And I had a client there and he begged me for two weeks to give him a mask because he'd listened to so many episodes that had been shared and he felt so moved and so connected to the podcast that he wouldn't let me get off the job until I'd brought a mask in for himself. So he's now a proud owner of one of the uh, one of the eight masks. Yeah, they're, they're special moments. It's like when, when Nick, in one of our most recent episodes, he shared a photo of a friend of his in Miami with exactly the same thing you saw, the, the one of the eight playing on Spotify on the car kind of sat-nav system. And they're really cool moments, aren't they, to see that, you know, that actually what we've created, what we hope to kind of start doing is actually out there on screen and on people's faces in masks or coming out of their speakers on their trips to work. They, uh, they really are. You shouldn't um, underestimate the power of social media, which I'm, you, you know you guys don't. And you see the spread of people sharing it and where it's gone in the world. I know you guys did like an illustration showing the spread of the episodes. Um, and it's, it's so powerful what you, what you guys are doing. Yeah, uh, thank you for that, Abby. And then Steph, um, just to let you listeners know, she's actually trembling with the mic right now. <laughs> Steph is on Wordsmith and prepares, prefers to be that way, but I've dragged her to the mic today. So Steph, tell us what's been your favourite moment so far. Okay, I think for me, the highlight is less of a single episode or single moment and more the general sense of perspective it's given me, um, especially this year when it's so easy to get bogged down in ridiculous problems and um, listening to the successes and struggles of all of our guests has really reminded me to keep my own perspective in check. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, that's definitely something I think that's affected everybody. Um, my my personal favourite moment has been some of the responses we've had from people who have listened to the episodes. We're lucky enough to have people like Nick who was honest and open and shared some of his kind of most vulnerable moments with mental health with us for the first time. And, you know, he, he shared with me that a lot of people who listened to it actually then opened up either to him or family members themselves and felt a lot better kind of from a mental health perspective because that conversation that we had with Nick gave them the push to do it. Um, and, it, you know, another great example has been when we recorded the episode with Natalie, our wonderful Powpot guest. One of the great things that she discussed in her episode is the fact that people just need to have a go that often overthinking things can cause people to kind of put on hold the things that they want to achieve in life and that you'll get even further and achieve the things you want if you just give things a go and kind of learn along the way. And that actually impacted two people at the table, Steph and Abby, who recently at the end of 2020 launched their new skincare company, Toil and Trouble, based off kind of a final push from Natalie that gave them the kind of that drive to get it going. So I just wondered if you two would like to talk briefly for a minute and let our listeners know a little bit about Toil and Trouble. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, I, th I think the episode was one thing, but it was definitely more of a momentum that was coming out 
of everyone else around us, the family, um, you know, other personal friends. I feel like there was definitely a shift in something this year that, you know, I, I, I'm, everyone's aware of the state of the world and, you know, what, what happened in 2020. Um, but I, I think there was a lot, there was a lot to take from it. Um, and one of the things that I, that we learned was that anything is possible, particularly when you're supported with great people and you're supported with people, such intelligent people and creative people um, that we felt like we had the base to do it, I guess. I feel like we felt like anything was possible. Would you agree? Yeah, and I think um, going back to Natalie's episode, I remember saying in it how, how she she sort of launched Power Pots with the mantra of not sweating the small stuff. And I think that just really resonated with me when we were sort of thinking about doing Toil and Trouble, just don't sweat those small things, just give it a go and see what happens, like take that risk and take the chance. One thing Natalie's episode also taught me was that it's fine to jump career paths and um, do something that's outside your comfort zone. You know, for the first couple of years of hers, of her, um, of Power Pots, it was running out of her own flat, yeah. I believe. Um, and that we definitely adopted that mantra when we started Toiling Trouble so much so that our house is now stacked with boxes. So, um, yeah, I, I guess we, we did take a lot from her. Um, so give our listeners on the back of a fag packet, what is Toil and Trouble? Toil and Trouble is an elemental skincare brand that's simple, conscious, cruelty-free, gender-neutral and inspired by the five elements of life, which are earth, fire, water, air and ether. And is that something both... I'm sat here, it's a ratio of three ladies to two men. Is it a product both Dad and I can benefit from too? Definitely, yeah. Not to sales pitch. I think when we first started doing some research about the market, we found it really difficult to find a product that suited us. We're not girly girls. We don't like pink very much. <laughs> um, so, and, and a lot of other products are in, in that way. So um, I think we wanted to create something that really represented us, but could also be used by men too. Um, and it's been fascinating when, when the orders have been coming in. We've seen a lot more men than we first expected. I think, I think we... Uh, we're actually surprised about how how many men it's appealed to. I think as well it's not a million miles away from the one of the eight ethos because it's basically all about unity. It's about combining the earth with us humans. It's combining male and female um, and combining the elements that the elements of life that the brand is centered around. So as a shameless family sales pitch, head over to toilandtroubleskin.com. It's an amazing product and it looks fabulous. So head over and have a look. So now that the shameless family sales pitch is over, let's move on to some of the eight elements that we discussed that we came upon last year and talk about them in a little more detail. Now I'm going to push this first question to Steph. Our first element are awe-inspiring stories. And we've had some incredible stories. If you take a NAND and his kind of story with the charity and how he helped somebody that stumbled upon them in a time of need and how she's now on India's master chef. Or you take somebody like Sam Jallo, who was captured during a time of civil war in his country, but is now a, a global motivator, a published author, and is regularly featured on the BBC. Or take Shirin, who Mum discussed earlier, who has battled incredible health illnesses and has used it as a message and a powerful story to share with other people and help them. So Steph... Give us one of your favourite or inspiring stories we've had so far. 
I think all of they're all my favorite, but I think one of the ones that's had the most profound impact on me is David Tovey. Um, you'll have to go and listen to the episode. I couldn't even begin to summarize his life in in a sentence right now, but it, I just can't believe that one person could go through all of those like series of unfortunate events and life events and still have the selfless, sunny disposition that he does. And he, he's kind of always in the back of my mind. I follow him on Instagram now and he, he crops up every now and then. And he's, I, I kind of have this message in the back of my head now, like how, what would David do kind of thing. He's just, he's so inspiring and everyone should listen to that again for perspective. Ah, I love that. I couldn't agree more. He's, he's a incredibly humble guy as well for everything yeah. that he's gone through and still managed to achieve. Um, Abby, I'm going to move my next question to you. Now we look at some of the, the next element is influential people. And you take a look at throughout the conversations we've had so far, we've had conversations with photographers, yogis, entrepreneurs, philanthropists, artists, professional athletes, survivors, thrivers, founders, DJs, rappers, the list goes on. It's an incredible list in just only 28 conversations so far. And something that, you know, I'd love to find out a little bit more with you. Has there been somebody in your life that's played an influential role? Because for all that these people are that we speak to, something that always runs throughout those conversations is that those people who we speak to have always had somebody in their life who's played an influential role in their story. So who's been yours? Similar to the episodes on one of the eight, I find it really difficult (laughs) and put on the spot to choose just one person who's had an influence over my career, myself, you know, my my self growth. Um, And I, and I, I wouldn't want to take it away from the hundreds of people who have helped it. You know, whether it's a conversation with Gillian, your mum, about what I'm feeling about my career, whether it's a, a bit of advice off your dad professionally. I think there's there's a lot of people who have influenced me to to make me the person I am today. And I can't just choose just one of them. Um, yeah, a, a handful of them. You know, Alex South taught me how to interview someone correctly. You know, it's all the tiny little things about my professional life. You know, Steph's taught me how to grow as a person, personally. Um, yeah, I, I I wouldn't want to take it away because the person I am today is because of so many uh, people in my life, professionally and personally. And I think that's something that, like you said, similar to the episodes, everybody throughout these conversations, there's always more than one influential person. And I think that is kind of testament to the fact that one of the lessons that I've picked up throughout the conversations your network plays a massive role in who you are and where you end up. Massively, yeah. It, it, you should never underestimate the power of the next person you're going to meet, whether it's on the train, on a bus, um, on the next job. You know, every single person can have an impact on your life and you can learn something from them. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, so, Mum, I'm going to bring you back in onto the mic now. Um, the next element we had is important places. And one of the things that I became, it became really clear to me was that, you know, you take a look at the people that we've had. They've come from Costa Rica, Canada, India, England, Sierra Leone, America, Scotland, South Africa. It's an incredible list and I've only named a few there. Um, But however, they also, the guests themselves have places that have played big roles in their own lives. You look at Alejandro and the impact that the child had that he met at the temple in India or you take a look at the role Brooklyn has paid in building Curtis's brand, or you look at the role Liverpool as a city has had in helping Jazz start her art career, 
And another wonderful example from Dave Tovey, who Steph touched on, is the incredible role that Parks have played during his kind of lowest points in his life. It's really interesting to see there's always somewhere on this earth that's important to each person. So is there a place on kind of where we live or throughout the world that you've been that plays or has an important place in your heart? More locally for me, it's it's got to be the Anglican Cathedral in Liverpool. It's where your dad and I went after you'd both had we'd both had scans for you and it was the place the very very first place where both of you ever visited as soon as we came out of hospital with you we took you over there little bundles and it was your very very first place and since then it's well I know as a family it's just it's it's massive to us absolutely isn't it absolutely massive to us and something that's amazing as well is that we live a little fact for anyone that ever visits the Wirral we live on the highest point in the Wirral in Heswell And the amazing thing is that where we live, when we go to walk the dogs during the day or an evening, we can actually see the cathedral all the way across to Liverpool, which is a really kind of touching thing that's really nice to have. Yeah, we we can see it. And in fact, I think we we, we took your dad to the Anglican Cathedral to the top of it, didn't we, for his 60th birthday? I recall. (laughs) He he doesn't like me saying that. He doesn't (laughs) want to be 60 because he's a a bit of a Peter Pan here. I I got that wrong. He's really only 30. (laughs) But I know as a family, it's massive to us, isn't it? It, It's just we visit there as a a group regularly. And for me, I feel at home. Yeah. And those places are important, aren't they? Because they're not just a place that you have nice memories, but they're also a place you can go to kind of regroup, a place to recover Or, you know, if you're looking for somewhere that kind of you need inspiration or just comfort, those places are important because they can be all of those things all in one visit. Yeah, massively, absolutely massively. I mean, you used to go yourselves as children with the grandparents, didn't you, when you were very young to the cathedral? It's been played a massive, massive part in our lives. Yeah, it really has. And I'm sure all of you listeners, you probably have your important places, and especially after a year like 2020, sometimes heading to those places and using them as a place to just kind of regroup and reevaluate. They're they're really valuable places to have in your life. And the next kind of element to go from there, and I'm going to direct this to our branding expert, Dad, is powerful communities. Something very common through all of our conversations is that every guest has been part of some kind of community, whether that's a religion, a culture, a homeless community, the military and veterans, a wildlife community, sport, music, expat communities, hometown communities, and other local kind of groups. Every single person that we've had identifies themselves and is kind of emotionally attached to a group and a community of people. So I wanted to know, Dad, kind of what's your opinion on the role communities play in our lives and how you actually help businesses do that as well? One of the things that's... um... I guess I've, that's that's changed in my life during during this year um, is that my career has been uh, redirected from being part of a really successful agency um, based in 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 Manchester and in London and in Mumbai. Um, I've I'm now um, playing a part in building a co-working space in Manchester with the founder David Walter. And in doing so, um, I'm really seeing the power of community um, in action each and every day. And one of the most amazing things about about being involved in this project is actually seeing um, the co-working space is called U-Space. 
and what what I actually see each and every day to varying degrees but what I what I see each and every day is is the way that people who connect together and join together and form a community uh, both an immediate community because they're in the same space and also uh, a broader community because of a connected network people get stronger um, they get help, they get better ideas, uh, they co-create, they collaborate. And as soon as you build a community in that way, everybody benefits without without any question at all. Everybody gets better, everybody has a benefit, everybody finds strength in it. The power of community is something that is just incredible. And one of the things about One of the Eight is that we're actually building a global community with, with positivity and inspirational stories. And that whole thing feeds back into the core essence that community and connection and people working together, helping each other and supporting each other is just unbelievable. And, and it the more it happens, the better the world becomes. Yeah, so true. And I think Nick, um, he shared some example, really great examples of this that I asked him, how is it that when he goes from country to country, within a day or two, he's already embedded and part of a community? And he talked about the fact that communities play the biggest role in him making a new city feel like home. And I think that's something that I thought you would really buy into and like the fact that Nick really sees the value of communities and giving you a place that it gives you people that you can connect with, people that you can feel home to. Uh, I wondered what you thought about that. I mean, one of the things I've been fortunate enough to do in my professional life and in my personal life to a slightly lesser degree, but but um, in my professional life in particular is to travel quite a lot. And one of the things that travel taught me is to be open and accepting of different communities and different people, different people's point of view, different people's way of life. And it, you can you can kind of scale that down to even a space that you work in every day where rather than assuming uh, making assumptions about people or not really knowing people very well if you go up and you talk to them and you connect you ask questions you start conversation everything changes and it sets in 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 action a chain of events that really alters the way uh, human beings look at each other and treat each other in a positive way yeah and you spoke about that when you were talking about what one of the eights given me personally doing all you know doing all these interviews and having these conversations that it's opened up my understanding and kind of knowledge of different cultures and perspectives so much more and that's something i think we've all loved so much with one of the eights so far is that it's given us all you know stories of things we were completely oblivious to i wouldn't say we're not a sheltered family at all but it's opened us up to even more ways of thinking and more stories that I don't think we'd have ever known or had had we not started one of the eight. Every single guest that we talk to opens up a conversation that results in um, in a lesson, in, uh, in something learnt, in something discovered, um, in something discussed. And 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 a degree of inspiration, um, whether that is people turning ideas into a career, whether it's people turning uh, adversity into opportunity, all of these things are just incredible. And these are all everyday people. They're not superstars. They're not movie stars. They're not wealthy people. They're they're 
ordinary everyday people and by saying ordinary i don't mean that in a in a demeaning way they're everyday people who are getting on with their lives and they're achieving incredible things and doing amazing things that can inspire us all and that's pretty much to different degrees in each and every one of us yeah and you've given me give me a very nice segue there to some of the compelling lessons that you discussed there that's actually one of my next elements that i'm going to bring mum back to the table here so the next element, compelling lessons. We've had some truly incredible ones. One of them was you know, the idea to get your feet wet. If you look at Natalie and her kind of creation of Power Pot, so you look at Jazz and how she just took the plunge and took her art freelance full time. Or you look at Ben and the amount of different kind of setbacks he's had in his career, but he continues to grow and try to get involved with different things. Or you take Craig. And I love the fact that during his conversation, he was talking about all of the different methods of art that he tries and different ways that he can develop his, his kind of work and his brand. You know, there's multiple other lessons too. I said, you know, like Dad touched on, the importance of always being open to inspiration. And you know, one that I've loved more than most out of all of these lessons has been the idea that forgiveness is also for yourself. And that was something that Sam Jallo talked about in kind of all of the, the chaos that he went through during the Civil War in his home country, that he's actually taken all of the atrocities that he's seen, all the kind of the, the really bad stuff that he's gone through. And he's for kind of forgiven the world, the people who've done it, and forgiven the country and kind of everything that's happened. And he's using it to kind of you know present a powerful message. So I wanted to know, Mum, what's your kind of thought on some of the compelling lessons that you've been exposed to during this journey? Yeah, I mean, they've been big lessons to me. I mean, I'm the one non-creative within this group so uh, I'm more sheltered than they are I'm also a self-confessed glass completely empty not half empty completely empty and Jacob actually sometimes calls me Aviva after an insurance company <laughs> because I'll do a, a risk assessment if he says he's even going to go into the local village <laughs> so when I've actually heard and seen some of the struggles that these people have been through I mean, I haven't struggled at all in this life. I don't even... Sometimes I think that my behaviours in my OCD and my anxiety are just basically have become a behaviour pattern. I really haven't gone through anything that they've gone through. And so I try to think about them and put my life into perspective and think, get a grip, woman. I mean, these people, just honestly, they could show you life. So... I tr I've started to try and live my life in a different way. I just try to be, I try to be a little bit more chilled. Not easy, but I am trying because I just think of them, the different characters that we've had, what they've gone through, and I think, you really have had a charmed life, so just you try living it. Well, I think that's, you're exactly the beauty of it in that all of the, you know, some of the stories, if you look at, you know, people like, Peter Brennan, who was held at gunpoint outside his house, or you know Seth Yarn, who was a what one capture away by the Taliban if it wasn't from a game of football. I mean, they are massive, massive stories. But in every conversation, they're always there's something reachable and achievable for all of us to take from it. And I think that's what's so good about these conversations is that someone who like yourself, who's a, a self-confessed non-creative and a quote-unquote normal person. <laughs> you're still able to listen to these conversations and apply something to your own life from them. Well, indeed, I'll go to the local Tesco and expect somebody to pull a gun on me. And I mean, 
this is the type of thing that goes through my head. But when I actually hear of somebody who's been through that and all the other things that he's been through and still manages to not only live a life, but I mean, so many of these people are helping others. And I think really, really that, I mean, I, I have to get a grip and they are many of them are lessons to me of how I should be living my life. I mean, I have got to 60, but seriously, I think I've probably, it's been, this has been the catalyst for me this year in trying to live the rest of it differently. Yeah, well, we hope to have that impact on as many people as possible, but in a way that's achievable for everyone. So yeah. thank you for sharing that, okay. Mum. Now the next one, I'm going to go back to the one that fears the mic more than most, Steph, our writer. And the next element that we identified was slogans to live by and if anyone has the chance to read through our articles they'll instantly pick up on Steph's freakish ability with words it's just incredible um, and some of the, you know some of the slogans that you know they make good really good bumper stickers for the back of your car I'll give you a couple of examples home is where the yoga mat is change the world one person at a time everything happens for a reason penguins can fly Choose hope, choose love. Take one step and then another. Never forget to say hi and have a little faith. These are just a couple of slogans that I pulled together that I, you know, I love either from the conversations but ultimately from what Steph pulls out of those conversations and puts into words. So I'm asking this question not because I'm just curious but it's been asked to me by many other people once they find out that it's you writing. What's your process? When you listen to me blabber on, speaking to all these incredible people, what's your process of going from hearing my chat to then putting your interpretation of it onto paper? Um, I think you're giving me a little bit more credit than I deserve because they are literally taken from the mouths of our guests. Um, the title of our story is always the hardest thing for me to write and it's always the very last thing I come to. Um, because it's, it's trying to summarise these massive inspirational incredible stories into say four to ten words but really they do come straight out of their mouths from these amazing people but that's what that's what amazes me every time that you send us the first draft of these stories is that you pick up on things and see things and interpret things in a way that most other people wouldn't even bat an eyelid to um, when I'm writing our stories, there's always if you've if you've read any of the blog posts, you'll see the pull out quotes. I make a list of those as I'm going along, which are kind of the the, the main takeaways from what our guests are saying. And I try to pick something from that which either resonates with me or I know has resonated with Jake when he's been having the conversation. So I always try to pick out one quote or one phrase or one slogan to live by, as Jake's putting it, that re- is really true to that guest in particular. Do you feel pressure? I do, yeah. The, the title, even though it's the, the shortest part of it and it probably it seems like such an easy thing to come by, it is the, one of the most difficult things to do, yeah. And the place where I really feel like I have to do the person justice. Well, you do do them justice because I'm always sent, within about a day of it being published, a message from that guest, always telling me how well I've done the write-up. And I'm always happy to tell them that it was you, not me, that had done it. (laughs) Well, it's them and not me. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll move on to give Steph a chance to get away from the mic for a little bit. I'm going to go back to Dad. 
And we're going to go on to our penultimate element of this conversation, and that is big ambitions. Every one of our guests, whether their stories have been what people would consider more everyday or global, you know, we've had people who are doing things in their local community, and we've had guests like Alex Mason, who is the world champion at what he does at the time. There's a real kind of scale, and every single person has big ambitions, but they're ambitions that we can all kind of look to achieve. I've had ambitions that, you know, I've pulled some out, things such as to connect with more people, to turn your craft into a career, to become more grounded and self-aware, using creativity to do good in society, try to make people more happy, using your past to inspire others. I mean, you look at people like Sam Jallo, if you look at Anna and the struggles that she went through in the relationship, you know, she's using that to actually help others who are going through the same thing. And, you know, one of the big ambitions that I think holds most true to one of the eight is the idea of making the ordinary feel extraordinary. And you spoke about that a lot in your episode that we did with you. Craig talked about it a lot when he talked about helping one person at a time. And you should definitely check out Craig's episode to hear a story about he helped some prisoners with some of his art and kind of the creativity that he did in helping some prisoners get back on their feet. And then you take a look at somebody like Dino, and how he's making the invisible visible. So what kind of want to get your thoughts, Dad, on how our guests so far have demonstrated the ability of making the ordinary feel extraordinary. For me, I think um, when, when you look at each, each guest and each story, um, the value in, in, in the whole thing, when you, when you look at it in terms of growing the one of the eight community and it becoming our ambition to do that, is it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Because each one of the guests teaches us a lesson that then helps us grow one of the eight into a bigger platform and a more meaningful platform and a broader base platform. So in a way, um, every guest is like is like a seed that we've planted. And, and as they grow, the whole thing just grows and becomes bigger and more meaningful within itself. It is like a self-fulfilling prophecy. And its ambition, as far as I'm concerned, is uh, is endless um one of the one of the great things about it is that we're we're peeling back the layers and trying to make sure that people understand that you know when you talk about seeing the extraordinary in the ordinary that's exactly what we're doing and thank you for that quote dino um listen to his episode it's amazing what the guy does with a camera with ordinary people is truly magical um if you think about the way he approaches things he is using um, the power of what people would normally look at and think, okay, they're ordinary people, they haven't got much to say, they haven't got a lot of value in their story, there's, there's, maybe they can't inspire us. And that's completely the opposite. It's the, there are so many people with so much value and so many fantastic things to say that none of us have ever heard of. We haven't listened to their music. We haven't seen them in a movie. We haven't looked at them on social media. These are real-world people with real-world stories that can inspire us all. And that, to me, is the ambition of one of the eight, that we get more and we have more and we grow more. And as we do that, it's the guests themselves that create the ambition within the platform. And you've done, you've done me a wonder there again in segueing me onto the last element. And you talked there about kind of Dino's reasoning for making the ordinary feel extraordinary. That kind of leads me to our last element of this conversation is pressing reasons. Throughout all of the conversations, all of the articles and the email exchanges, 
there's always pressing reasons behind why our guests are doing what they do. And so, you know, there was kind of four or five main ones that I realized are present in all of our chats. And they are that the world needs it, whether that's somebody like Nadir, who's looking to help save seals. Another reason is that your mind needs it. If you look at somebody like Erica and how she's using yoga to become more self-aware and self-grounded, your network needs it. If you look at somebody like Alejandro and he talked about, you know, the value of, um, what was your title, Steph? The currency of human connection and how conversations lead to such bigger things, big or small, whether that's trying to progress someone's career, make them feel better in themselves. Your network needs your actions and your ideas and your beliefs. To become more grounded and self-aware, I touched on that a little bit with Erica, but a lot of the actions that people are doing, you take a look at somebody like Kelly, who we had a conversation with from Dubai, all of her actions she carries out because she wants to become more grounded and more human, basically, and always making sure that she's full of gratitude and grateful for the things that happen in her life. And, you know, that's something we can all learn from. And then, you know, one of the other pressing reasons is that these behaviors are all carried out to help us figure out how we move forward. I touched on it earlier with Sam Jallo and how he's using you know, the power of forgiveness, of love and hate to move past the things that have affected him in his life before to carry forward and to be a more kind of progressive and positive, inspiring person. So I thought I'd open this one up to the group. Let's see who wants to go first and talk about kind of either maybe one of their pressing reasons why one of the eight has become something to them and what it means to them and kind of why that's given them pressing reasons to change or influence actions in a certain way. I think the philosophy of one of the eight is infectious. I think the more you hear these people's stories, the more I hear you and Steph and, you know, and everyone else at the table talk about why one of the eight is needed. It can't help but filtrate into your life in everything that you do, the way you speak to people, the way you think about responding to people, how you can help people in your everyday life. It, it really is hard to listen to these stories and not be moved or want to change your actions and how you treat other people or how you see the world. As I said before, they've inspired me to try and be a different me. And I think everybody can take something from that. If we can all try and improve on the way we've lived before, then it can only be benefit to ev for everybody. I think that if you look at every single one uh, for its own particular value and then you look at it collectively, what one of the eight tells you is that all day, every day, all over the world, in every country, people of, of every race, creed, culture, age group, gender, belief, faith, are doing things that are incredible. They're achieving amazing things. They're helping other people. They're starting businesses. They're turning lives around. They're transforming cultures and communities. And they're all showing us that we can all do it. They're all real-world people that are doing these things, and they're showing us that actually we can do that. So, Steph, out of all of the pressing reasons that our guests have, are there any that stand out to you more than most? Um, I think it's a combination of them all. Um, mostly the, the power of human connection, to quote one of our guests again. Um, and a reminder to look outside of yourself and your own self 
insular perspective on life and remember that there's other people out there who need you and who you can help mutually love it absolutely love that and i think personally the pressing reason that i'm taking from one of the eight it's something i discussed on a walk with my dad with the dogs the other day is that we talked you know products can go out of fashion trends and you know social media or clothing things can always come and go but the value of a story and what that can bring to someone's life you know all of these different elements we've discussed the value of a story is never going to go out of fashion and my pressing reason for one of the eight is to make sure that we are always a platform that continues to share these stories influence other people's lives and give people a new perspective and way to approach life so thank you all for joining me today. I know that was a big step for some of you getting in front of the mic for the first time. So thank you very much and it's been very fun. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Jake. Before we finish this episode, um, I'd like to ask the man who's normally asking the questions, I'd like to ask him a question myself. Um, I'm amazed and proud at how Jake has developed as a podcast presenter and how he handles these interviews with such a panache. I think he does an amazing job. And uh, I'm looking at him right now and embarrassing him. And I'd like him to um, to finish the episode by saying a little something about why we believe that one of the eight, um, It's but obviously it's, it's um, a complete coincidence and by no means planned. But this platform has been born uh, at a point in history when yeah, I guess... Nevermore have people needed the inspiration, support and belief of others. Yeah, no, I think it's been an incredibly tough time in human history. And I've always wanted to make sure that these conversations, as you mentioned, Dad, we launched this at the same time as COVID kind of entered the world. And I always wanted to make sure that when these guests came on and our listeners listened to this conversation, that it was an opportunity to take a break from all of the COVID noise because obviously, you know, it's affected all of our lives. That's been one of the most disturbing things about it. Nobody can escape it in terms of, you know, it touches us in all kinds of different ways. And I wanted this to be a place and a space where it's kind of a break from that. But it is something we should discuss as, you know, our, our movement is global. And I think one of the eight has come into the world at the same time, at the perfect time because it's offering conversations and a space where you can come up with new ways, new ideas, new approaches to life. And as we hopefully look to exit this kind of period that we're in at the moment, all of these conversations provide a platform for our listeners to rebuild, an opportunity to regrow, to get closer to their families, their friends, their networks, reevaluate their lives, see what others are doing to make an impact and help other people as well. So we want to wish you all a happy and healthy 2021 and thank you so much for being part of our journey so far. Everyone has a story to share. Everyone has something to give. Everyone can inspire. One of the Eight is a movement of real world people from across the globe sharing real life stories, inspiring others, enriching lives and giving something back. I am, you are, everyone is one of the eight. Now streaming on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.
Join the movement at oneofthe8.com.